0: Last few weeks now, we have been looking at the whole issue of the marks of a genuine
1: believer, a genuine Christian. You know, a lot of people will say to you that they are a Christian, that they believe in Jesus or that they love Jesus, but simply saying it doesn't mean that you are a Christian. Simply just making a profession doesn't mean that you are saved. John, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at his this section of first John, where he has been talking about the whole issue of what is a mark or the marks in a person's life that would say that they genuinely believe in Jesus. Because when you genuinely believe in Jesus, God himself enters into your life in the person of the Holy Spirit and you change. The way you think changes, the way you look at life changes, And it's going to be reflected in actions changing. Now what happens though is is that with church a lot of times, we usually think in terms of cleaning people's act up by changing their outward appearance first. But that's not what the Bible talks about. The Bible talks about rather that we are transformed from the inside out. That who you are on the inside is reflected in how you are with others outside. And so today we're going to look at this last evidence. It's actually an evidence that he has shared with us earlier. It was actually the second evidence, but we're going to wrap it up again today. And that is the evidence of love. How can you genuinely tell that someone is a believer in Jesus Christ? John goes back to what he talks about before, and that is the issue of love. Is that not what Jesus said? Jesus said, by this shall they know that you are my disciples. By your love, for one another. I think the one one thing that's going to communicate to people the reality of Jesus, and we're going to see that today, is the issue of love. Loving each other. So I want you to notice with me what he says in verses 7 through 19. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and if and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him. And He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, So are we in this world. There is no fear in love, because perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. We're going to take this passage and divide it into three sections and examine this last mark of a genuine believer. And I'm asking that the Holy Spirit would work in all of our hearts, including my hearts. And as we look at what John says here, let's examine our lives in light of what he's saying to see whether or not our faith is genuine in our life. So the first thing I want you to notice is, is as we look at verses 4 through 11, is we're going to see the evidence of love in a person's life. The evidence of love. So I want you to notice the first thing he tells us in verse 7 is this. Genuine believers manifest love... In their lives. Genuine believers manifest love in their lives. How many times have you met someone who will say that they are a Christian, or they will say, well, I go to church, and I go to church over here, and they've been baptized, and they talk about they know they have the right Bible, they even dress the right way, they even try to act the right way, and so forth, but they're the most unloving person you've ever met in your life. In fact, if you were to be very honest, you would say right up front that they're the most mean, belligerent person you've ever met. Can I tell you something? You have to question whether or not they're truly a believer. Because John is saying to you and I here that if you and I are of God, that is, if you and I know Jesus Christ as our Savior, if you and I have come to Him and He has come into our lives, we're going to manifest in our lives love. Notice what he says, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God. And knows God. What is he saying here? That if you truly know Jesus Christ in your life, you're going to love people. You're going to love them for who they are. Now let me just stop for a moment, because it's real easy for us to love, first of all, our family. It's just a little bit more difficult, maybe, to express that love to our friends. But nobody here would ever say that they would be interested in loving strangers. But see, that's the kind of love that John is talking about here. He's talking about a love that's not a brotherly love or a family love, but a love for people in general. You genuinely care for them. You're genuinely concerned for people. He's saying that if you genuinely know Jesus, you're going to have that kind of love in your life. You're going to have that kind of love in your life. Then he goes on and tells us the evidence of love. Look at the second thing he tells us. There we see it in verse 8. Verse 8 says this. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. What's he saying here? The second thing he's telling us is this. A lack of love reveals our true condition. A lack of love reveals our true condition. When you have someone who professes one thing, but the reality is, is that as they interact with other people, there's no love in their actions whatsoever. Their actions really say a lot more than what their words say. In fact, you know what? I've heard people say this all the time. And, and I'll be honest with you, it has no basis in the Bible. How many of you have heard this? Well, I love you in Jesus, but I can't stand you. Have you heard that one before? I have. Can I be honest with you? It's not biblical. Because if you love someone in Jesus, that love permeates all of you. And the fact is, is that even the Bible says that love covers what? A multitude of sins. So the genuineness of your love is not real. And don't, don't say that around me. Because I might point out the contradiction in your statement. The fact of the matter is, is if you don't show love towards people in general, No matter their circumstance, no matter if they come from a different socio-economical background, no matter their level of education, no matter if they're a ditch digger, no matter if they own a business, if you don't show love, then there's a question about your faith. Because the fact is, is if God is within you, God is love, and it's going to what? It's going to affect the way that you live and the way that you are towards other people that's what he's saying here and so then just to make the point to us as we look at the evidence of love he then tells us the ultimate example for you and i to understand and that is jesus and so look at verses 9 to 11 as he tells us that jesus is the manifestation of god's love jesus is the manifestation of god's love notice what he says there in this the love of god was manifested towards us that god has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through Him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. See, the evidence of love is this, is that you and I grasp the reality that we didn't love God first. In fact, the Bible says opposite. You and I didn't want to have anything to do with God. No one seeks after God, Paul says in Romans. John says that in this is love perfected, in this is love manifested, in that He, God Almighty, because of His love for us, sent Jesus to die for us. The ultimate example of love, if there was ever anyone that could say, you know what, those folks are on their own, I don't, you know, I don't have anything, they've rejected me, they don't want me anymore. No, He said, I love them enough that I would send my son for you. And so Jesus is the manifestation of God's love. And he's the example of us of what? Sacrificing love? Selfless love? Loving people who don't deserve it? Because sometimes we have that attitude, don't we? Like, you know, I want to love people, but they don't deserve it. Think about that. What kind of a statement is that? If there was ever a people who didn't deserve love, it's you and I. And we don't deserve God's love. But he sent his son anyhow, didn't he? And so then in verse 11, he tells us, as we look at this manifestation of love, he said, beloved, if God so loved us, what? We also ought to love one another. If God could love you and I that much to deal with the sin and the shame, to give us forgiveness, to accept us for who we are, in spite of all the things in our lives, if God could do that in our lives, He's saying, can't you love each other? Can't you act the same way towards your brother or sister or towards that neighbor or towards that person? Can't you respond the same way? So the evidence of love is seen there. Genuine believers manifest love in their lives. A lack of love reveals where we're really at. And the ultimate example is Jesus. So then he goes on in verse 12 and 16 and talks about the significance of love. Why is love so important? Why is love, of all things, the most important thing in a believer's life? And let me just say this. It is more important, more important As far as anything in your life, you want to listen to what is more important? It's more important than whether or not you darken the door of this building. It's more important than the amount of money you stick in an offering plate. It's more important than how much Bible knowledge you know. And let me explain. All those things are important. You you, you have to understand they are an important part of your life. But love is more important than all of those things. And he's going to tell us why. Look at verse 12. Notice what he says there. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love has been perfected in us. Here's what he's saying. Love reveals the presence of God in our life. Love reveals the presence of God in our life. Nobody has ever physically seen the presence of God. Nobody. But what John's saying then is, is because nobody has seen God, God's presence then is revealed in the life of His children, in the life of His people, by love. When you have someone who has love in their life, and they're expressing love towards others, they then are revealing God to the rest of the world. That's why love is more important than anything. Can I be honest with you? When you think about our community, the Kerwinsville-Clearfield community, and you think about a lot of people who, who don't have Jesus in their life, who, who don't have God, they're searching for something. The only way that they're going to find Jesus, the only way that they're going to find God, is not through how much Bible you know. The only way they're going to know is by how much you love. Because love reveals God. Love reveals God. Can I be honest with you? If you were to look at your life and if you've made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ here, you've accepted Jesus into your life, I want you to think back to that time when you did that. Maybe it was as a child, maybe it was like myself as an adult. What drew you to Jesus is not somebody arguing with you about the validity of Christianity. What drew you to Jesus was not a bunch of rules that this is a good way to live. What drew you to Jesus was that somebody genuinely cared for you and loved you and accepted you for who you are, warts and all. That's what brought you to Christ. Whether it was a parent, whether it was a friend, it was the love that revealed God to you and brought you to the place where you wanted God in your life. And that's what John's saying here. Nobody has seen God, but the presence of God is what? Revealed in your life because of love. See, that's why it's so important. It's so important. Can I be honest with you? Let me just stop for a moment. I've got to say something. What's more important for our church and our community is this. I would rather people say, man, that's a place where they love people. Then for them to say, well, they really believe what they believe. They got their doctrine together. Because I'll be honest with you, you can have orthodoxy, but it can be cold and dead. You can have all the right beliefs, and everybody can quote the Bible, and everybody can do this, but it can be a place where there's a bunch of mean people who don't like to be together. And I'll be honest with you, who wants to go to a place like that? Now, orthodoxy is something we need to strive for, and that is the role of elders in the church to guard the orthodoxy and guard the beliefs of the church and, and to teach those things. But more important than that is that there be a, what? A testimony of love. Because it is in love who is revealed. God. God is revealed. God is revealed. And so then he goes on and he says this, the other aspect. If you look at verse. 13, notice what he says. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us of our spirit. What is the significance of love? Not just that it reveals the presence of God, but love is an evidence of salvation. Love is an evidence that you are saved. Can I be honest with you? If you're a mean, bitter person, and you know what kind of person I'm talking about, There's no assurance in that. There's no assurance in salvation of being a grump. I'm just being honest with you. There's no assurance in salvation of being a belligerent, mean person. You can say you love Jesus all you want, but if you don't love people, it's not revealing the truth of what you just said in your life. And that's what he's saying here. By this we know that we're in Him. Because we love other people. Because we love our enemies. Think about that one for a while. We all have enemies, don't we? We all have people that are not on our favorite list. Well, they're not on the right favorite list. We have a favorite list of people we'd like to see things happen to. We all have those kind of folks, don't we? But see, love and the love of God through us reveals the reality of our salvation. So then he goes on and he tells us this, the impact of our love. The impact of our love. We see this in verses 17 through 19. You know, Michael Green is a scholar, an English scholar. He's written a book, Evangelism in the Early Church. And he says this, do you want to know what turned the Roman world to Christianity? He says it was not the blood of martyrs, although there was a lot of blood. But what ultimately turned the Roman world to Christianity was the love of Christians. Let me give you an example of what the Roman world was at that time. Abortion was very prevalent. In that day, if you didn't want a baby, you just got rid of it. If a baby was born, you just left it on a a garbage pile out in town and you let the animals or pedophiles get it. In that day, they didn't have proper burials for people. So what they would do is, is that they would... Somebody died, or especially if they died of disease, and that was prevalent a lot in that day, they would just throw the body out in the street. What made an impact on the Roman Empire was is that there was this group of people who followed this one called the Christ. And what they would do is, is that they would, because they believed in the resurrection of the dead, because they believed in honoring the dead, they would take the dead and bury them. In that day, if you were sick, They would just leave you in the street to die. This group of believers would take then the sick and they would nurse them until they either were healed or if they died, they gave them some sort of life and then a burial. They would pick up these children and take them into their homes and raise them as their own. What turned the Roman Empire to Jesus Christ was love. The impact of love. Scholars believe that you and I in our culture today are entering a world much like the Roman Empire of that time. And what's going to change the world is not our doctrine, but our love. So I want you to notice the impact of love. This is how love impacts us. First of all, in verse 17 through 18, he tells us this, it prepares us for the coming judgment. It prepares us for the coming judgment. Notice what he says. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. The perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears... Has not been made perfect in love. Here's what he's saying. It prepares us for the coming judgment. Are you aware that all of us one day are going to stand before the living God? And have to give an account for our lives? Are you aware of that? And you say, "When I'm saved. I don't need to worry about that. I'm not talking about the issue of your salvation and whether or not you're going to hell. As a believer, you are still going to have to give an account for your life to God. And what he's saying here is is that when you manifest love in your life here, it will give you boldness when you stand before God. You don't have to fear. Because you can stand before Him in confidence and say, Lord, I loved as you love me. I loved as you love me. Isn't that an awesome thought? Because he says, look, it, it can be a fearful thing. In fact, Paul even describes this. We've been looking at this in Second Corinthians. He describes it as the day of terror to stand before God. John is saying, I don't, even have, I don't have to worry about fearing that day because what? Perfect love, what? Casts out fear. I have nothing to fear of that day. If love has been manifested in my life. So the impact of God's love in my life, especially as I love others around me, is, is that what? It prepares me for the coming judgment. It prepares me for the coming judgment. The other thing I want you to see is this. The final thing. Look at verse 19. It is the basis for our love for God. Notice what it says. We love Him because He first loved us. It is the basis for our love for God, Look, you can't say you love God simply because it just dawned on you that, oh, I just love God. No. We love God because what? He first loved us. If it wasn't for the love that He showed us, we couldn't respond back with love towards Him. That's the impact of love. The impact of love is that I am so overwhelmed by the love of God That it begins to impact every other area of my life. Because He first loved me. So as we consider, as we wrap up our series here, as we consider the marks of a genuine believer, and the fact is that this is the mark of a genuine believer, I have three things I want you to focus on as we close our time. Number one is this. Is your life marked by love? Is your life marked by love? Can we say that about you? If you were to walk into a room, maybe at some function here in town, maybe a basketball game, or maybe if somebody saw you in Walmart and you're talking with someone else and you'd say, oh, hey, there's so-and-so. Would they say of you that you are a person who's marked by love? Is your life marked by that? You know, sometimes we can deceive ourselves and think, oh, I'm a loving person, but our circle of love is only our family and everybody else knows us as Attila the Hun. Is your life marked by love? Is is that the general characteristic of who you are? You need to ask yourself that question because that's a very important question because if you are a genuine believer in Jesus Christ, John says your life is going to be marked by love. The second thing I want you to see is this. Can the presence of God be seen in your life? Can the presence of God be seen in your life? When people look at you, do they see the genuineness of what you believe because of the kind of person you are because it is marked by life? See, notice what John says. No one has seen God, but God is seen through our lives as we what? Love. Is that the evidence that you are portraying to others around you? Do they see love in your life? Do they see God? Think for a moment. You're at work. You've got a coworker that's going through problems. Does your presence bring them hope? Not because of who you are, but because of who you know. And that's manifested in your life and love. You'll see that happen when they do things like this, when they know that you're a Christian and they know that you genuinely care. They'll do things like this. They'll, they maybe won't say it out loud, but they'll maybe quietly come to you and say, can you pray for me? I need God to do this in my life. And I know you know him. Is that the kind of thing that is evident in your life? Is it? Is it there? Is it manifested? Is God's presence in your life? John says that if you know him, it will be. And then finally, here's the third thing. Love as He loved you. Well, George, you don't know what you're asking me. You, you don't understand what you're asking me. You're asking me to love that person? You don't know what they did to me. Or George, you don't know. You, man, that's an awful lot to ask. Yeah, I know it is. But it was an awful lot to ask Him to love you, wasn't it? It was an awful lot to ask Him to go and die on a cross for you because He loved you. How many of you would be willing to go and die on a cross for anybody? I I kind of think not many of us would do that, would we? I might go to the cross for my family, for Lori and the kids... But uh, it would take an awful lot of cheeseburgers to convince me to do it for you. In fact, it might take ten years' worth. I'll just kind of put it off. Do I, 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 you understand what I'm saying? Love as He loved you. I'm asking you to love that person. You say, well, I, I have a hard time loving them. Then maybe you need to do what Corey Ten Boom did and, and that's pray and ask God to help you to love them. To love them through you. To love them through you. See, the mark of a genuine believer is love. That's more important than anything. What did Paul say? If you don't have love, you can have the abundance of knowledge, but you have nothing. Nothing. Manifest love in your life, towards and other. And may this, my prayer is, may this be a church where it is said, they genuinely love and care for others.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania.